0: Howdy everyone. Happy November. It's November 2nd. Welcome to Break Breakout Unsafe Space. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined by our own resident makeup specialist, Carrie Smith. <laughs> I, threatened, <laughs> I threatened to put the camera on her while she was doing her lipstick. At her. I don't know. Uh, uh, makeup, s- makeup specialist is
1: something I've never been called before. <laughs> I, th- I figured. Still... <laughs> yeah. We oh, yeah, I didn't learn until in my late 30s even some basic things that most people learn.
0: That makes you At cool. a younger age. So, well, it's thank good. you. It's all good. It's
1: all good. <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone. If there's new people here, you're watching Kevfefe Break on Unsafe Space. This is a live show that we do Mondays and Fridays. Sorry, I just cut you off to do the intro.
0: No, you're supposed to. There's like... The moment I started, the gardeners showed up and they're like cutting stuff right outside the window. So I'm oh, sorry okay. for the background noise. <laughs> I'm trying to mute myself. So
1: if it's your first time here, we do interviews as well. We have another show called Deprogrammed, which is specifically a deep dive into my old ideology, which I most often call social justice Marxism or social justice ideology. Um we also do just unrelated interviews. And today, this morning, we released an interview with David Raboy it was so interesting. If you guys haven't seen it yet, go check out that interview. He wrote this great piece about sort of what to expect after the election and he's a he's a foreign policy expert and so his he's got a wealth of knowledge that's far outside of my knowledge base. So it was really interesting talking to him and also we sort of we dove into differences between the left and the right in terms of how they organize and how people who um how people who are on the left and and on the right tend to, I I guess, uh, view their role in, in pushing forward their beliefs very differently. It was, it was kind of fascinating.
0: Yeah. I think there's probably like an entire, like lifetime of study in that one subject, Um, the psychological differences between the two and how they play out and how you could possibly get people on the right to organize as well as people on the left, because, they are really, really good at it. They're really good at it. They're really um, good at it. Just a few housekeeping things. Uh, watch that interview. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. The show, you can support us by going to unsafespace.com slash donate. And if you like to read, or if you don't like to read, but you like to know things that are in books, uh, you can join our book club. We have uh, our next book is this one, The Management of Savagery by Max Blumenthal. And that's on November 22nd. We'll be hosting it. So if you want to join live, you can do that. If you want to be in chat, you can do that. Uh, And then the one after that is The Moon is a Harsh Mistress by Robert Heinlein. And that's December 20th. We'd like to alternate between nonfiction and fiction. So uh, this next one is probably a little dense. I don't know. I haven't started it. But it looks like it's going to be a a dense, tough read. (laughs) It's
1: a lot of facts. It's like talking to David Raboy. It's a lot of information. (laughs)
0: So yes. Yeah. And the next one will be easy. So that's the... Yeah. So that that's the pattern. Also, we have a – you guys asked us to to make clips, which we started to do of shows because I know these shows are long and we cover a variety of topics in, in any given show. So we did start making clips, and now we have a clips channel. Uh, so the clips are now being published on the clips channel. They're still here on our main channel, but they're going to go away on our main channel. So if you – like to watch the clips and you mostly care about following the clips or just also care about following the clips, you're not going to get them on this channel for, you'll get them for a few more weeks, but eventually we'll stop putting them on this channel and you're going to need to be subscribed to the clips channel. You can go to unsafespace.com slash clips and it will redirect you to the YouTube channel, which is brand new. You get in on the ground floor and have an amazing opportunity. On the gr- uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, the so ground there's your chance, floor. there's your chance to join the clips channel. What else? Uh, also,
1: tomorrow night – well, tomorrow night I'm going oh, yes. to be on a special election night live stream on TimCast, TimCast IRL. So if you guys want to check that out, I thought – I didn't know we were going to be doing anything for his channel. I just thought we were having a election night gathering. But uh, that will be cool to be however it goes on camera uh, with some other people. Cassandra Fairbanks is going to be there who I'm excited to meet. I met her once, Carter, but it was in a crosswalk. And it was really fast. And I just said, hi, and hey. she took a picture with me. <laughs> yeah, I she okay. was someone that I I looked up to because before I left my old belief system, she's like an OG walkaway. She is someone that I couldn't quite figure out at first because um, I hadn't had I hadn't had really started my transformation or maybe I was sort of at the beginning of it. But she was a, a big Bernie supporter and journalist. And then she. Voted Trump in 2016, and I know she got a lot of hate for it. And now she's called all kinds of names, of course, alt-rightful oh, and all this stuff. I
0: know she had like yeah. people outside of her house threatening her and yes. doing stuff. And yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. People came to her house. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, Cassandra Fairbanks is going to be there. Jack Murphy, who's also a walk away, he wrote the book uh, "Democrat to Deplorable." Um, Lauren Chen
2: oh, is going to okay. be there,
1: and a whole bunch of other people. I. It's it's going to be fun. So anyway,
0: well, it tune sounds in. fun, and we can. It's p- probably better than watching mainstream media uh, on election night. So,
1: yeah, <laughs> if I wasn't going to be at this party, I would <laughs> I would be watching probably whatever Tim Poole did, or watching uh, Stephen Crowder or something. Yeah, because yeah. I can't I can't watch the mainstream returns this year. No, uh, Alan said, is it going to be in person? Yes, it will be actually in real life.
0: yeah yeah well that's cool Uh, i will look forward to it and i'm sure everyone else will so um carrie i don't know what i mean i'm kind of preoccupied with this election so i don't know there's a lot of other stuff i want to talk about but i just feel i'm anxious (laughs) about the election i don't know yeah uh i've got a few thoughts on a few things but what are you what's on your agenda today what do you really want to talk about
1: Oh, there's a couple things, and I saw someone already gave us a super chat about something I want to talk about. But before okay. we dive into that, I just wanted to say, in case this is in case anyone's in need of comfort or or putting things in perspective, I w- I was in Fredericksburg, Texas yesterday, and I ran into these two sisters that were sitting outside having a glass of wine, ta- talking to people that walked by, and they were there to celebrate. One of them, it was her birthday. And the other, anyway, one of them started talking about despair, and she's in this place of worry and anxiety, like a lot of us are. And talking about, you know, fear. She's fearful of what's going to happen after the election. She's fearful of where we as a society have allowed ourselves to go because of COVID, and you know, just fearful for the future in general. And so I asked her, like, do you believe in God? Because we. we I don't know. I tend to get into – I don't do a lot of small talk. We get straight to the big stuff, Carter, usually.
0: Oh, you know me. I hate small talk, so yeah.
1: (laughs) Right. Plus, I don't know. People always tell me things when they meet me. I have one of those faces where people just will tell me life secrets, right, so we start talking about real things right away. And um, what I said to her was this. It's like if you you believe in God, if you're a believer, then I would say – Focus on the big picture because you're not – don't get bogged down in the, the very low resolution image of what's going on. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian, there's a much bigger picture here. And we actually don't have reason to despair. We have reason to rejoice. So that's the advice I would give a Christian. If you're not a believer, I would still say look at history because throughout history, mankind has been through – Battles with evil belief systems, evil figures, evil movements, evil ideology that's like possessed large groups of people. But mankind's been through that repeatedly. And actually, mankind's gone through that like worse iterations of that than we're going through currently, probably, and come out on the other Absolutely. side. So I would just say, have courage. It doesn't really matter. I mean – I know that's going to sound flippant, but to me, I know who I would like to win tomorrow. But either way, I I sort of feel like we're going to have some America's going to go through some dark years either way. It's just a matter of degrees and how fast and, um, you know, what things we what things we can do to try and and fight it back or or stave it off. And so um, gird your loins and have some courage either way. You know, hopefully that's helpful. I don't know. What do you think, Carter?
0: Uh, Well, I mean, as a non as a non-believer, I do I'm not anxious about like yes, I want the election to go a particular way, but I agree with you. The, The path, the trajectory that the United States is on as an entity with the values that it purportedly has is pretty set like it's not oh god this can you can you hear the background noise or is it just me it's like really noisy i can can.
1: but i didn't know it was if i didn't know it was gardeners it sounds like there's a party happening outside your house
0: no no, there's a guy like (laughs) literally six feet away with a leaf blower um (laughs) anyway uh yeah no i would i i do you think the trajectory is what it is i'm i do tend to be a realist um i think if you're anxious or upset about stuff take a moment to feel the anxiety and upset like it it make there are times in life when things aren't good so don't stuff the feelings down and pretend they don't exist like okay yes but anxiousness and depression and anxiety aren't helpful so <laughs> the reason you're anxious is because you presumably love life and want to see humans flourish and you think things are going the, the wrong way well right okay recognize it and then take that love of life and the love of human flourishing and recognize that doing something with it is better than sitting around biting your nails being anxious and lamenting that the world is falling apart it's not there's not a giant asteroid coming to kill all of us tomorrow like well as far as i know so uh (laughs) it's not like it's not like things can't go on. It's not like good things can't continue to exist in some fashion after things are different than the way they are today, even if they're different in a way that you don't want them to be. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like I don't – I don't know. I You're speaking to someone who's already kind of written the eulogy for the United States in their head. So I'm yeah, already like, well, already... it was a good country. Uh we had a lot of great you know there's great values but there's still people in the world that share these values let's move forward and like so i don't know i it's hard for me to be super depressed about it cuz yeah I, but I, but i do Wait, think that you need to recognize on. reality yeah life will life's go on
1: going to go on look and you know if 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 trump wins or if biden wins my old belief system is still going to be mainstream Absolutely. After tomorrow. Either way, the things that that this is a cultural, this is a cultural sickness. So we can't fix it with one politician anyway. It's just it would help, I think.
0: I think Trump would would buy us time
1: to have Trump. I think it would buy time. Yeah. But on the other hand, maybe not, because you and I were talking about this offline, uh, just privately about how in some ways Trump. Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. But in some ways, Trump accelerated social justice Marxism mm. in in the main into the mainstream because they they went crazy when he was elected and they doubled down and they pushed it out there to where now we've seen it. It's infected every right. facet of our culture. It's in it's even in our corporations now. They're trying to sell us Oreos and Barbies with social justice Marxism. <laughs> it's everywhere now. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he's going to accelerate it further, and that's a good thing because maybe it's if you speed it up too fast, it's like the boiling pot, the boiling frog analogy. Right. If you speed it up too fast, maybe the frogs. I think there are frogs who are recognizing. Wait a minute, I'm being boiled like I did. Yeah. Like wait, wait a minute, wait. I'm suddenly being asked to defend censorship as a person on the left and to defend (laughs) violence. I wasn't. (laughs) You you slow boiled me for 20 years, but apparently that wasn't slow enough.
0: Yeah. Well, you you <laughs> like, slipped and turned the burner up really up, quickly, really fast. You turned like, it up real yeah. fast.
1: Wow. and I hopped out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it will cause people to hop out. I don't know. Either way, we're still fighting something that I think is a cultural rot. So, you, you know, um, so, it, it, it's just gonna
0: go ahead. No, no, actually along those lines, <laughs> you're making me think of something. And, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a voting. I'll say it's a dilemma about what I'm gonna do with for something tomorrow because I like to like I don't normally vote. In the past, I haven't really voted much. I voted in 2016 uh, for Trump, but um, I'm like I'm gonna. I didn't do the mail-in ballot. I'm gonna to go tomorrow for the whole experience. Right? Ooh, you're doing it the old-fashioned way. Yeah, I'm old-fashioned <laughs> right. And so I was
1: gonna do it the old-fashioned way, and
0: then I oh you didn't got too eager.
1: Yeah, I went and voted early.
0: Oh well. <laughs> I'm I'm doing the old-fashioned thing, and you know I'm in California, so we've already kind of we've already walked off the edge of the cliff. Like we're we're already I think we owe China a bunch of money, and we have no beef with their philosophy. So we're we're kind of we're gone. But uh, I was looking at these propositions. So California has all these propositions, and you heard of. Uh, AB5, which passed last year, which there, I think, um, which there was a big stink made out about it. AB5 which was, was yeah, it was this bill that um, it said that most workers are employees and they have to be classified that way. And it puts the burden of proof for classifying individuals as, as independent contractors. It now belongs to the hiring entity. Uh, and it yeah. really affected. So and it means there now they have to get like. Uh, They have minimum wage laws and sick leave and unemployment and workers' insurance and compensation and all the kind of crap that independent contractors don't get now have to be provided to these people. And it, in particular, um, affects gig economy employees or contractors quite significantly, right? So um, this was a blow to Uber and Lyft and those kind of apps, right? And obviously – Anyone who knows my politics and watches the show, obviously, I'm against AB5. Like, I, I didn't, don't like it, didn't support it. Um, and now there's this proposition on our ballot uh, called Prop 22, and it's about app-based drivers. Now, you can guess who's funded Prop 22. It, I'm going to tell you. They've received uh, $202.97 million, most of which through Uber, DoorDash, Lyft, Instacart, and Postmates. So... Exactly who you'd think is funding Prop 22. Yeah. And it would consider, Prop 22 would consider app-based drivers to be independent contractors and not subject to AB5. So it's a carve-out for app-based drivers. App-based drivers. Oh, that's the carve-out. so if
2: they
1: have an app. Okay.
0: App-based drivers. Now, my inclination, I'm glad I don't normally vote. My inclination, I looked at this and said, well, yes, it's more freedom for the app-based drivers, so I should vote yes on this. But I stopped myself for a moment because I thought, this is how the system works. They, they put forth this ridiculous behemoth bill that affects everyone negatively. And then some small group of rich special interest groups come in and say, well, we want to carve out to this ridiculous thing. And people who like freedom look at that and say, well, they do deserve a carve out. That's true. But everyone deserves a carve out to that thing, not just Uber and Lyft and DoorDash. So yeah. uh, they come in and they set up. And and now, of course, uh, this solidifies their relationship with the state because they're going to have to have some regulatory backdoors and some special interest because they've got now this they'll have this special carve out for just for them. And so part of me then said, well, screw it. I don't want you guys exempt. You all voted for this crap. Everyone has to deal with this crap. You're not going to get a carve out just because you're Uber and Lyft. And I know it's bad and I know it's evil, but you guys want evil. Eat the evil. Eat your shit sandwich that you voted for, right? Um, But I also feel guilty about that because I can't bring myself to vote for something that I know is hurting anyone, even if it's people that Like yeah, so uh, I'm probably not going to. I'm just going to not going. I think I'm just going to vote for the president and leave everything else and be like, all right, California, the state's up to you. I don't give a crap. You do what you want with your own state. Uh, But
2: um, (laughs) that kind of stuff is tough for me.
1: You're very, you're very inspiring because you actually take a a lot of time thinking through all these things and figuring out what you think and contradicting yourself and and sort of trying to come to the place that you feel is the most principled. And I don't think most people do that. Wow, so, i I find I you i I think you're very inspiring, Carter, whatever you decide,
0: I don't know Just what to the decide i I thinking I'm,
1: about it this long. but
0: it's the dark part of me don't you don't you don't you feel like it's the dark part of me that's kind of like, yeah, it's bad that you're subject to yeah. this, and I don't want you to get out, I don't want you to get out of this pain <laughs> i I feel pretty bad yeah. for wanting that, but on the kind same of. the same token like. <sighs> I feel like if we give a, an exemption to companies like Uber, it's just going to allow the farce of California's legitimacy to continue longer. We just—it just—I almost feel like a collapsitarian at, with respect to California. That's just like get it over with, die already, state. Like you're—you've been injecting poison. Just die. Just—just just kill yourself, California. Just die. Um, so yeah. we can start over so everyone can see that you are ridiculous, that your ideas and your philosophies are evil and anti-life and just absolutely horrible and they don't work in real life. People just need to see that. They need to see that you had this golden goose called Silicon Valley and you still fucked up your state enough to bankrupt it. They need to see that you just you, – like you still did it. Um but I don't know. I feel re- I feel really dark with that attitude. So that's well, why I'm like hemming and hawing about what to do. You feel
1: really dark today. Well, you're dressed in all black except for your – I love your yellow tie. And this is my voluntarist
0: on- colors. This is yellow and black. Oh, okay. Volunteerism. Nice. It's my party. You
1: also were in the dark. You turned your light on right before we started. <laughs> yes. I was like, you look like you're in a ba- dark basement somewhere plotting.
0: <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> Biden and I have I our know. plans. Um yeah, I don't know. It's, one of, those, it's okay. one of those things. Let's do some super chats. Let's, let's
1: talk up. about – let's do some super chats. and Actually, I think the first one is one of the things I want to talk about anyway, so let's All do right. that one.
0: Joseph Sordi, do you want to read it?
1: I can't see it anymore, but you read I it. I
0: will read it then. Uh, he says – thank you, Joseph. He gives us 10 bucks and says, get a chance to see Kamala Harris's straight-up pro-communist slash Marxist video on Twitter. Dems might as well replace the American flag with a hammer and sickle at their campaign events. I didn't see this. Did you?
1: Yes, and I think we should just show it to people because okay, it's um, it is. I would agree. It's 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 not going too far to call it straight up communism because that's what it is. Really, I'm sending this to you right now. Oh,
0: you're sending. Yeah. Me like, all right.
1: Um, and I'm, I guess I I guess I should be surprised that they're so in the open about it, but not really because again, they've ramped this up since 2016. Yeah. They're not ashamed of it almost.
0: Well, I, so, think th- I think they realized – I think they believe they have critical mass, like overall. They don't need to Yeah, they think anymore. they do. Right.
1: So first of all, it's a tweet. As you're pulling it up, she, she posted she, – it's a little uh, it's an animated video. Said. Yes, and what she said in her tweet is there's a big difference between equality and equity, period. And then she has this little thing for you to watch. Now, first of all, she's right. There's a big – There's a
0: difference. Yeah. She's
1: right. There's a big difference between <laughs> equality and equity. There is. And the minute you see someone pushing equity, like the vice presidential candidate for the United States or your kid's school or your city council or your public library, the second you see them pushing equity, you should be paying really rapt attention. Equity, for those who are new to our channel, equity is the, it's a quality of outcome. It's not a quality of opportunity. It's opposed to equality. It's, it's at odds with equality. Equity requires force. So whereas equality, equality of opportunity is about making sure that we remove barriers to to equality, that we get rid of discrimination, that we get rid of things in the law that 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 treat different people that treat people differently on the basis of group status. That's what equality is about. Right. Equity is the opposite. Equity says discrimination. Yes. You know, yeah. Discrimination codified in the law. Yes. They're for that. Yeah. Equity is at odds with equality.
0: I'm so, I'm I'm almost surprised because they're so good at language. I'm almost surprised they're trying to push this, and I'm I'm surprised they're not just redefining equality because I think that might be easier. Um, but yeah,
1: usually they just try to redefine something positive. Yeah, for but, some
0: reason they really want a different word here.
1: Yeah, I don't know why, but they but to be so bold about it and to say we like equity, I'm like, wow. Yeah, normally they just rename things. Like they say they call their racism anti-racism. Right. I'm su- I'm surprised they don't call equity super equality. You know, we need super yeah. equality. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like oh, yeah. a systemic equality or something. Like okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, as you know, I don't like the term equality, but I do like the general how it's used. Generally, is to mean just legal equality, which is. Correct, that's that's yeah. the thing that people like that we should be pushing for. Okay, I've got it, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna play it. Right. All right.
1: Let's play this.
0: All right, all right, here we go. Let me know if you can't hear it. You should be able to hear this when I hit play.
1: So there's a big difference between equality and equity. Equality suggests, oh everyone should get the same amount. The problem with that, Not everybody's starting out from the same place. So if we're all getting the same amount, but you started out back there and I started out over here,
2: we can get the same amount, but you're still gonna be
1: that far back behind me. It's about giving people the resources and the support they need so that everyone can be on equal footing and then compete on equal footing. Equitable treatment means we all end up at the same place.
0: Yeah, that's, I've just bought, that's, uh, wow. can, I, can I just, one caveat? This yeah. is, you, she exposes one of their logical assumptions here, which is not correct. Uh, she says, if we, uh, equity ensures that we, like, what, I, I forget the phrasing she just said, but like, if we, if we level the starting playing field, we'll all achieve the same outcome. That's not true, uh, and yeah, that is true. the that's the argument that they make um, but that's how they reverse engineer their way into this by looking at the outcome and saying, well, because we don't have equal outcomes in in equal in the ways that we care about so um, CEOs there's more men than women CEOs, therefore we must not have the level playing field back at the beginning. That's the only possible explanation because the outcome's not the equality that we want. They don't look at that with the homeless population and say, well, it's mostly men. Uh, we don't have the outcome that we want. It should be half women homeless. Let's start making sure women end up homeless also. Um, yeah. <laughs> because there's there's some sort of not level playing field back at the beginning. Um, but yeah, this is this is pretty bad. But I get why this argument makes sense because there is this does look reasonable to someone who doesn't know what these terms mean and hasn't thought about this. Right. Who
1: hasn't thought about it? Yeah, there's a great. Uh, we we've mentioned this before, we, uh, several times on the show. But if you're new, you may not have read it. And uh, you uh, UWTV just I saw mentioned it in the chat. You guys should read Harrison Bergeron by Kurt Vonnegut if you haven't read it yet. You can find it online mm. for free. It's a really short, very quick read. It's a short story by Kurt Vonnegut, and it's it's imagined. It's where Vonnegut imagines a future in which they pursue equity at all costs. And it's disturbing, but it shows you. I think for people who need a visual, well, not visual. They need a literary representation of what this might look like, so they can envision it. That's that's what you're aiming for. It's handicapping people for anything that that sets them apart and makes them um, excellent in a field, you know, so that everyone feels equal, so that we're all equal in the rubble, so that there's no one who stands out no. in any way.
0: Well, yeah. so one of the strategies, if you want to be an authoritarian, one of the strategies you do is you can set up a – you frame a problem that's actually unsolvable as something that needs to be solved um, and through which, the, through which the government needs to have the power to – you know, the government needs to have the power to solve it. And so the problem that they're setting up here is that people start out in life with different um, resources, and those resources yeah. are cognitive, physical, cultural, personality – economic, people start out with different resources. Um, and in actuality, in reality, there is no way to solve that problem. People will yeah. always start out with different resources. Um, even if even if we all were on, like literally in a commune and we all had the same you know, hippie utopia commune, we all started out with the same possessions, we would have different parents with different uh, interactions with those parents and different genes and different... Uh, you know, would have a different neighbor than the guy down there who has a neighbor. Like, we all start out differently. We don't start yeah. out the same. And what they're doing is they're making the boogeyman this, well, we have different starting points and that's got to be fixed. Okay, well, that's an unsolvable yeah. problem that will never, ever, ever be fixed. The best we can do is to say, well, the path from wherever you start, the path forward is as equal as possible. We're trying to clear the path forward of any um, barriers that are unfair, that are like, well, y- y- for example, laws based on race or or yeah. laws based on gender and that kind of stuff. They're trying to, that's the only thing you can do. Um, but what they're, they're pointing at this thing that's not a solvable problem. And then they're measuring it as she showed at the end, they're measuring it based on whether they're both on the Hill that they happen to be looking at when they decide to measure these things. Right. And if they're not at the Hill at the same time or the same level Hill, then clearly we didn't solve the problem. So we need more power to do something early on. Um, And obviously it treats people as groups. It doesn't treat people as groups. It
1: treats people people as groups. Yeah. Not as individuals. Another guy in the chat or woman, not sure uh, because I I didn't catch the rest of your name, but anyway, this person says the only way we all end up at the same place is through radical discrimination. Yes. And through tyranny, through the government, oppressing people
0: well i mean you said it all equal in the
1: rubble all all equal in the rubble yeah Yeah. let's let's take money from you and give it to you let's take power from you and give it to you let's take opportunity from you and give it to you because we're trying to engineer this place where we all end up you know in misery equal footing miserable (laughs) it's just it's it's a really dystopian uh, vision of the future, and I was a little shocked to see it that blatantly. Like, hey, communism
2: in the
0: Democratic yeah, I Party. Think, I think it's the kind of thing that's put forth by authoritarians who want to be the engineers in charge of this because they're never equal to everyone else, and it and it leverages envy because there's always going to be. You're going to look at that video if you're the kind of person she's going after. You're going to look at that video and you're going to go, well, yeah. I would like to have – I think this guy over here was born with a silver spoon in his mouth, and I didn't get it for whatever reason because of blah, 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 blah. She's going to fix it. Um, and you're yeah. never looking down at the person <laughs> who's looking at you going, Underneath, he yeah, was born with a you. silver spoon in his mouth, right? Um, yeah. There's always and she doesn't someone give a crap. Is, she doesn't care. <laughs> she just wants to be care. the engineer in charge of deciding who gets what. That's her, yeah. her shtick here is not – she doesn't want to be equal at the top of the hill with – this is not – notice that neither one of those cartoon characters were Kamala Harris climbing the hill. She's not <laughs> She's not in that cartoon because she's the god <laughs> in that cartoon deciding what, how high hills are, right? That's what she is. You're the people that somebody climb sh- the little hills.
1: She's god, right? You should – read. somebody should redo that cartoon with her on top of the hill and then equity helps – Helps me climb up to the top there and just give her the boot off the mountain.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Alright, All right, let's do let's do another super chat. Anyway. We've got a few more super chats. Um Nanya Biz, I you know what, Nanya Biz, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce this, so I apologize to you in advance. Uh Nanya Biz says, I'm here to announce a new show. Chuin Nasha de break which will begin next week, focusing on the encroaching fascism of the Cheeto man, and then just okay, K, and we know just I K, think I get you.
1: this joke, so oh, you do? Okay, the good. same way, yeah, the same way that Trump made some typo and said kefefe and that's where our Kaffi break name comes from.
0: yeah,
1: I think Biden apparently. I missed this, but just based on the context clues that I've read from tweets, I think Biden said a nonsense word. that's the word oh, he did. Yeah, he, he said oh, okay. some nonsense words, and some people. Yeah, that should be the new show name. <laughs> okay,
0: well then that makes sense. That yeah, I think I think maybe uh, Nanya Biz should have a new show. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to say uh, there was one other. There were two other chats I saw scroll by that were funny. Oh, well, a good point. Loomis said, mm-hmm. "Wasn't this in the book 1984?" Yeah, equity is equality. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, know. yeah. Um, Sadly, much couple, of this was in 1984. People. <laughs> much of this is not an regular and then a couple people commented on her voice and not being able to stand her voice and i was texting with a friend about this this weekend mm. i don't like her voice either that's okay you don't. It, it's fine not to you don't have to feel guilty because you don't like her voice some people have unappealing unattractive voices it's hard to listen to there are even some commentators whose ideas i like but i would rather um read them because i can't stand
0: yeah the no voice. i get that
1: so <laughs> It's okay. I don't. I hate her voice
0: too. Yep. It's fine. Uh. All right. Why bother? Why bother? Says, when expecting something anxiously, I like the paraphrased Serenity Prayer. But since I'm an atheist, I just skip the God agency aspect in it. Yeah, I like that prayer as well. Why bother? It's a good one. Um. Yeah. You know, accept the things you can accept, and or you can't change, and change the things you can. Right. It's a good. It's a good prayer. Uh. Tatiana Fisk says everything Carter just said. I assume it was something Thank you, I said Tatiana. earlier. <laughs> Thank you, Tatiana. Yeah, I think it was back back when I was worried about used, Prop used
1: a bad word. Used a curse word.
0: I did use curse word. I'm sorry, Marie. Gonna apologize <laughs> to Marie Busky. Blackbeard. Blackbeard gives us five bucks and says, The people who scare me are the Biden will hold the radicals in check. They see the problem and want the weakest tool to fix it.
1: And Biden will not do that, by the way. It's funny. Uh, Was it Ilan? Well, uh, how do you say her name? Ilan Omar. Omar. Yeah. -hmm. So she tweeted recently something to the effect of she was basically talking to the radical left, the authoritarian social justice woke left. And she was saying basically, don't worry When Biden gets elected, he will be beholden to us, to the radical left. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't need you to tell me that. That's why I'm not voting for him. I know that. (laughs) Thank you for being honest.
0: Yeah, I don't. Who thinks that Biden's going to stand up to the radical left? I'm surprised. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh, But I'm doing. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't. I think we all know this. We all know that he's the. He's the front man for the Kamala Harris band. Right? He's <laughs> just like, it's yeah. it's it's Kamala and and the radical left that have taken over the Democratic Party and they can't have they know that they need to dress that ticket up in some sort of moderate with some sort of moderate milk toast figure in order to get you to swallow the pill. And Biden is is the right milk toast figure. He's a nineties Democrat who seems like he might you know be at let's say the tail end of his cognitive functioning yeah and th- he can stand up and say all the right kind of things and sound very mild and reasonable and he's just a trojan horse he's just gonna, he's just gonna let kamala run things yeah so or not not just kamala but uh, i don't not think just. kamala by the way i think kamala is not And I I don't think she is an Ilhan Omar in that – I don't think she's a – I don't think she's a true believer of social justice. I think she's an opportunist based on what I've seen of her career. I think Kamala Harris is just, oh, this is the thing to do now? I'm all in. And she'll do it with with fervor. She'll do whatever. But she's not like – yeah, but she's not like been into this for a long time. She was busy, you know, locking innocent people up in California for a while because that's how you wielded power. Uh, And now there's a new way to wield power by talking about equity. So that's what she's doing.
1: That's where, you know, I've seen people talk about how confusing it is when you look at someone like Kamala Harris or um, even even Obama to some extent, how he was criticized both as a radical leftist and then also a centrist who wasn't left enough. And, and the same thing with Kamal, Kamal, they're like, Oh, you know, how are you guys trying to criticize her for being a cop who locked a bunch of people up for minor drug offenses and, but, and trying to portray her as this, um, power-hungry cop and then also saying she's part of the radical left who wants to get rid of the police and everything. It's like, because she's both, it, what you're doing is you're constrained by the idea that is a principled person.
0: Right. Time marches on as does her yeah. allegiance.
1: Someone who's not principled is all over the place. They're going to contradict themselves all the time. They're going to be both things because they're just trying to appeal. Whichever way the wind blows, it's trying to appeal to popularity or what they think is going to give them what they want, whether that's power or money and audience, whatever.
0: Yeah, and I know a lot of people really – and even in our audience, and a lot of people really liked Obama. But that was one of the things I never liked about Obama is I felt like he was just in it for the power. and But he was smooth talking enough that everyone thought he was a good guy. Um, I did. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, wow. He says – because if you listen to the, his speeches, they're often really just fluff. There's not much that he's saying, actually, in his speeches, but they're nice words, and he says them. Well, he's very well-spoken. He says them well. He says them with a smile or with stern determination when necessary, and his practiced fist thing that he did, and, like, he was very good at delivering uh, pretty contentless but emotionally engaging speeches. Yes.
1: and he had a good That's dangerous cadence. to me,
0: that was dangerous. I don't think Biden yeah. or Harris is nearly as good as Obama is at doing that at all.
1: No, not at all. And we even saw during the primary season, we saw some candidates trying to emulate the way he spoke. And you know for dang, dang sure that <laughs> you know that they had lessons, cadence lessons, speech lessons, how to speak like him um, here in Texas. Uh, what's-his-face, was Beto. Beto totally got Obama speaking lessons. He was trying to mimic Oh, he did. I
0: remember that. I think he even did the fist thing when he was talking. Yes. With the thumb on top. It's like a weird fist thing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. you know he had lessons in that. And Mm. there was somebody else that reminded me. I said, oh, that guy's had... It was one of the Kennedys who gave the State of the Union response. And he... um, he also was speaking like Obama in that measured and, and trying to, you know, like Pavlov's dog. He's trying yeah. to get get that response from people who still have good feelings for and good emotion about Obama to hear him, and without even thinking about it, like, oh, I like that, yeah, because it, right. it's the way he's speaking. Because right. you like
0: because like you liked it when Obama did it. Yeah. And he was very very good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Let's do another super chat. Our Russian bot Mandy. Gives us uh, five bucks and says, "Why does the left want to abolish the Electoral College? Why haven't they done that already?" Well, that's a two-pronged answer. They they are in the process of trying to undo it, which I assume you know. It's it's constitutional, yeah. so undoing it is not simple. Um, so they can't just change the Constitution by themselves. What they're doing to undermine it instead is many states, including California, have signed it in a mutual agreement to. Um, throw all of their electoral college votes behind whomever wins the popular vote. So we'll see. I think that is constitutional. I know some conservatives think that's undermining the electoral college process and blah, blah, blah. But uh, I don't think there's any rules in the Constitution about how states decide to uh, appoint their electoral college votes. In fact, states don't have to take your voting into account at all if they don't want to. (laughs) States decide how to assign their electoral college votes. It's by convention that we have uh, electoral college votes in states that look at what that state did and then place their votes accordingly. And there's winner-take-all states that look at who who won, you know, who won and they get all of the electoral college votes for that state. And there's other states that divide the electoral college votes based on how divided their population is among the candidates. But there's no constitutional rule about how you do electoral college votes. So um, it's just it's just that there is there is an electoral college that's constitutional. So they're trying to yeah. undermine it. They're trying to undermine the intent of it by by having these states. I think California's one, I think it was New York one. There's several states that have signed this thing so that they will throw all of their electoral yeah. college votes because whoever yeah. wins the the popular election. Um,
1: they're also trying to, for the first time I've seen, in the in the past few years, they're openly writing op-eds in legacy media in places like the New York Times and stuff now saying we should get rid of the first and second amendment. They're openly saying this.
0: The first and second amendment. I mean second, I believe. Yeah. I believe the
1: first. Yeah, but first. And they're saying and they're saying that we should do wait, wait, let me back up.
0: <laughs> wait, newspaper men are writing and women are writing no, no, that we should abolish let the
1: amount of the amount of the amount of the amount the first but the are of the we of the rid of the second of the have also the them in the past few the when the Supreme Court became a big deal for the first time ever, I've seen them publishing op eds in legacy media saying we should get rid of the Supreme Court or right. that we should radically alter how many justices sit on it. Which, you know, I mentioned this in a, a previous episode, but I was watching this, uh, I guess it's an old show now called The, um, the Borgias oh. about this mm-hmm. Pope um, who was just thoroughly corrupt. And it's a historical drama, so it, it's pope? dramatized. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to get you started on the pope. I'm sorry. <laughs> but but it's 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 fictionalized, but it is based on real characters. Mm-hmm. And in the first first or second episode, this pope gets selected and he doesn't have all the votes that he needs to get through everything that he wants. And so he goes and finds some loophole where he can add as many cardinals as he wants
2: <laughs>
1: to this to this uh, group of cardinals and he just starts packing it, right? That's exactly what they want to do in the Supreme Court. I of was thinking of that is. episode. Yeah. Like, look at the corruption of power. They're basically saying, if you get us in there, we're going to totally redo the Supreme Court. Get ready for it, guys. That's what they're going to do.
0: Can you imagine Trump doing that? Can you Gosh, imagine if, if, no. if, if Trump and the Republicans during, when did he have a majority? He, during the first two years, can you imagine if Trump and the Republicans were just like, oh yeah, uh, we think there should be 50, Supreme court justices and uh, 51 Supreme court justices. And so here we go. We're like, we're just going to start pumping them out. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Everything they, they accuse him of they're doing, they're doing. Yeah. Or they want to do.
0: Yeah. And if he did it, it would
1: be. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They, they absolutely, they absolutely. uh... The other thing, the, the other electoral college thing I've seen lately is, uh, I guess this is inevitable first of all I've not seen I've seen several mainstream media descriptions of the electoral college, which I would call pretty misleading and I'm not a historian, but just if you just have to read like some basic stuff about the electoral college to know that they're 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 being pretty misleading about the purpose of it and whatever but the the latest attack I've seen is <clears throat> that the electoral college is there to. Uh, It was a pro-slavery thing. So this is – look, if you tie something to slavery, uh, then you can tear it down because obviously slavery is horrible. So just like they tried to tie the entire founding of the country to slavery, and the 1619 Mm -hmm. Project is still working on that, um, they – if they can tie specific things to slavery, like, oh, well, the Electoral College is a holdover from slavery, the idea being, well, slave states needed to have – it's to, to protect the votes of slave states. So they need to have a bigger state, a sway in the, in presidential elections. That, that was their argument. It's that it's a slave state thing. Um, and you know,
1: so they try and tie it to that so that they can, then so, do so that they can they then want. tear it down. Yeah.
0: And, and this is why, look, when God, this was probably 20, 25 years ago, I wrote an article about democracy sucking. So I guess I haven't changed my position on that. Um, and, uh, Here's the problem that I had when I, I first know I first I'm sure this happened well before I noticed it. So I'm not claiming to be, you know, but I first noticed this when Bush was pushing war in. Um, Bush, too, was pushing war in in the in Middle East, in Iraq. I noticed the use of this word democracy, and I noticed that I noticed this use of the word democracy being held up specifically by people on the right as this noble thing when well, we need to spread democracy, 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 democracy. And I know that, I know that was talked about before them. but it was the first time I noticed that like, Hey, this is, this is the word they're using. Um, democracy. We are not a democracy and, and, and people think that you're nitpicking when you say this. You sound like a little kind of nerd who's actually technically we're not a democracy. No, it's not just technically we're not a democracy. Our founders hated democracy. Democracy blows chunks. We're not an effing democracy for a reason. We're not a democracy. Democracy sucks. Democracy sucks. So like we're a republic for a reason and that is to protect individual rights. That's a very, It's a very important reason and I think – this is one of the, the the problems that I've had with, conser- quote, quote conservatives in the, in the Republican Party generally, is they don't stand for the right things. They don't – they never fight the battle on that level. They're just like – they accept the premise that democracy is the goal and then run around the world invading places saying they're going to give democracy. Well, you give democracy to the Middle East, you get the Muslim Brotherhood. That's what you get because that's what democracy leads to in a, in a country full of people who want to vote for the Muslim Brotherhood. So, like – Democracy sucks, and democracy should never have been the goal. It should never have been held up on this pedestal as this great thing, and yet it continues to be by both sides. Uh, And the only valid argument for the Electoral College, which everyone who cares about individual rights should care about, is democracy sucks. That's the argument for the Electoral College. Democracy blows. We don't want democracy. This is an agreement between states. We can have experiments within states, but we cannot – if we just go to pure democracy, why why bother fighting all, any of these politics things? Because the, the – the pure democracy brings us to exactly the politics of Europe. If that's what you want, that's, that's where we're going to go. Like the America's not a democracy. It shouldn't have been a democracy. It was never intended to be a democracy. And the electoral college is one of the things that's supposed to help check and keep it not a democracy. Um as is as is the Senate, right? Um, so and theoretically, the Constitution and the Supreme Court, but uh, I, I haven't really done that. <laughs> theoretically, theoretically, uh, the laws that are passed that violate the Constitution should get struck down by Supreme Court as unconstitutional, but that doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. They're gonna they're they're painting this whole thing as like. It the, the electoral college is anti democracy. It's pro slavery, and that's how they're going to get people to rally behind changing the electoral college and 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 undermining it. And this is the first election, to my knowledge, that will be experience the first uh, presidential election where we'll experience a bunch of states who have signed this agreement to yeah. throw their votes behind the majority. So to we'll see their how votes that goes. Behind the
1: majority, which- yeah think it is terrifying, I mean I don't why 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 then, as like let's say in a state like Texas, if Texas were to do this, if Texas were to vote for candidate A mm-hmm. but candidate B wins the popular vote nationally, then Texas says, okay, we're going to cast our electoral votes for candidate B. what? That's not who our state voted for.
0: Right. I don't
1: get it. Why you would be okay with that. But maybe somebody can
0: explain that to, to me. Well, because it's based on this electoral college idea that, like, well, you know, with the popular, the person, because the person who, so it's a gaming of the system. They believe that the person who wins the majority vote should win the presidency. And they're willing mm-hmm. to uh, falsely throw their electoral college votes behind that candidate to ensure that that candidate wins. Because not all states, agree to that some states aren't doing that so some states are still yeah. implementing the electoral college so to to kind of they're cheating their way into getting the result that they want which that is they want. a country without an electoral college yeah, Gosh. yeah. and again i think it's constitutional oh. i don't i mean i said cheating but i don't think it's legal um i think it's i think it's totally legal um all right let's do some more super chats before we should get caught up b allen B. Allen gives us five bucks and says, "Communism equals empty shelves. The only thing there's more of is poor people." Yes, but you're all equally poor. That's not even true, <laughs> even, in, but mostly you're equally poor. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Keith, Keith the Hat Guy. Keith the Hat Guy gives us five bucks, five, five, six. So he's he's signaling his favorite uh, caliber, I guess. I'm not sure. Um, Anyone else feel like a prison inmate voting for the least bad prison warden by the provided <laughs> press choices? Yeah.
1: Well kind of.
0: Because y'all you, yeah. you are kind of a prison inmate voting for the warden. That's how you, we've set it up. You are.
1: You <laughs> yeah. You make me think of that old uh, Betty Davis whatever happened to Baby Jane, get you all in that chair, Blanche you ah you don't know that line. I bet.
0: Nope. If but, anyway. Yeah. I don't. I
1: don't know. But uh, is the next one Pirate Tomsky? Yes, it is. Pirate Tomsky. Speaking of yar, we've got a pirate here. (laughs) Who says that people want to be on the same hill? Complete nonsense. Yeah. The other thing that this whole equity um, argument just seems to skim right over is personal effort and choice, and what people choose to do. And as Carter pointed out. You know, there are things, for example, most homeless people are men. They're not trying to they're not trying to make that 50 50 parity with, you know, 50 percent of homeless people need to be women. if you look at professions and what people choose to do, the majority of garbage collectors are men. Nobody's saying we need to get equity in garbage collecting.
0: Notice it's a beautiful hill they (laughs) climb to. They don't climb to like the underpass, but the intense city. Yeah, they they climb to a beautiful hill because obviously everyone wants the beautiful Uh, hill. Yeah, you Why know bother? what, for, for a group of people, hold on, for a group of people that purport to hate money and capitalism, all of their metrics, all of their metrics are based on money and power, all their metrics. They can't, if mm-hmm. someone is like, well, I don't, I'm not going to put in that much time and effort in my career because I'd like to spend some time with my family or have a different kind of a life or whatever, and nope, that counts Your lack of getting to the top of the hill because you decided to hang out mid-hill because that's where you're happy financially. Uh, Nope, that still counts as unequal. All of their metrics are are by the standard that they purport to hate, which is money.
1: But you can see – because you can see through a person's or a movement's behavior, everything is revealed. Everything is revealed. What do they actually worship? Power and money. Uh, Why bother? Why bother gives us five pounds? Is that pounds or is that euros? Euros. Thank you. Why bother? And says, what would they do with intellectual inequality? You cannot even it out. And it actually contributes to the inequality of outcome. Yeah, well, they're trying to even that out. That's a great question. If you look at what they're pushing in schools now, they're trying to get rid of standardized testing. They've absolutely Um, they've ramped this up in the past 10 years, but in the past year or so, especially you're, you're going to, you, if you haven't already seen, you will start to see more of these, but there've been a lot of pieces where they're arguing that standardized testing hurts marginalized people, marginalized people, which itself is racist and condescending and sexist. Ibram X. Kendi was just pushing this idea that we need to get rid of standardized testing completely. They're against the idea of meritocracy and they actually want to punish kids they want to take away gifted and talented programs and punish kids who are intellectually gifted they because want to try and make everyone they, they list an equal them as footing. white
0: supremacy which is uh, an interesting insult yeah. to non-white people but that's that's Gosh. how they that's what they that's what they consider them yeah this so is insulting. also why you can't talk about i mean you can't talk about genetic differences you get you get in trouble i mean you can't i mean we you know we interviewed Uh, Charles Murray a while ago I'm surprised that we still have a YouTube channel but I mean you know it's wrong think just to mention that there are genetic differences that matter at all between any groups of people at all Um, you can't even ask the question you can't even investigate it you can't have that conversation are are there genetics that lead to disparate outcomes in some way nope can't have that conversation Um, because they don't they don't want to have the conversation because they need it to not be true um, well, like
1: for example, so. women in that book we read, he, he was talking about how women tend to, they process things differently on average. The other thing is people don't understand what averages mean. And so right. when they hear genetic differences, they hear that you're saying something horribly sexist or racist and that's not what it is because most people are in that great middle and overlap and you're going to have more similarity with some random person in the other group than 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 the idea of these like differences between groups would lead you to believe. So for example – they're like women, it was talking about how women, when you're trying to give somebody direction somewhere, men on average are better at like in their head when they try and recall how to get there. They have a little map they've drawn in their head on average, whereas women are more their memory works with landmarks. And so they're more likely to tell you to turn at this landmark and that landmark and. Even to talk about a difference like that, there's somehow they, they 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 ascribe value judgment to it as if one is better than the other, or to even talk about it, that you're somehow sexist. And it's like, I don't know that's kind of interesting about the way that memory works on average, yeah. <laughs> how it's different between men and women. Yeah. um okay, before we get too far behind, let's yep. do some more. Channel Julio yep. gives us nine ninety nine. Thank you, sir, and says I find it laughable that the Democrats criticize Trump for not having enough buses for his omaha supporters when all of biden's supporters at an event could fit on a single short bus <laughs> 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 okay <laughs> oh speaking of that we sh- we have to talk about that Trump caravan at some point
0: oh do you, wanna, do you want no, we were- do you want no do you want to talk about the uh where is it? i've got the
1: yeah, but let me hit up. Let me just finish these. I'm not to out fast. Okay, Allison, okay. 20 bucks. Allison says, ugly side effect. Friends too woke to understand your unwoke perspective. And now they see you as a bad person. They unknowingly gaslight us deplorables. Yes, Alice, Allison. And I was just talking about this with a friend this morning who is libertarian and who voted for Trump and is going to vote for Trump again and whose family are – I guess more accurately described as Republicans voting for Trump and one of her friends, good friend, but not a good enough friend to know what her political leanings are because we live in a world where some people are afraid and keep that stuff secret. This friend told her recently, all Trump voters are racist, not knowing that she's voting for Trump and that she did vote for Trump, you know? And it's yep. so, we were just talking about that. And, and and I was saying to her, it's so cult-like it's very cult like because it's it's so black and white and it's so rigid and it it writes off you know 63 million or however many people it writes those people off as evil it's a fundamentalist kind of cult it's like you could you could compare it to radical islam or you could compare it to some fundamentalist cult like the um westboro baptist church like just this sort of very rigid and hateful us versus them belief system and for somebody to say that all trump voters are racist that is not rational that's patently absurd and false and you it's an attempt to dehumanize people and and usually i see when people speak stuff like that it's like they're not even thinking they've already been co-opted their brain is being used by this i do call it an evil ideology it's a cult like ideology so if you have friends who are saying stuff like that try and try and have empathy towards them because it's a bit like them being sucked into something like scientology and not realizing that they're in it that they're in this this cult they think they're in this thing to do good And how weird is it that this thing they think, they think they're in this to be good and it causes them to spew out evil things like that. All Trump voters are racist. Anyway, I feel for you. Yeah. (laughs) But.
0: I don't think you have to have empathy for them, but you can if you want.
1: (laughs) Carter, Carter's not on the empathy train today. No,
0: I'm not. I'm not today. If I had a friend like that, I'd just be like, I don't have to talk to you anymore. I don't care.
1: Yeah, I don't want you. I'm actually more yeah. – I would still – you would be in my life, but I would definitely say something to you. I wouldn't stay closeted. I'd be like, really? Do you think I'm a racist? Because yeah. I'm now officially a Trump voter <laughs> as of a few days ago. Diploma. Okay, here's Bilbo. Bilbo gives us 100 check things. Thank you, Bilbo.
0: 100 check things.
1: <laughs> Bilbo says <laughs> – Hello, Karen Carter. I watched your clip about free will. Do you know Sam Harris's work on it? I agree with him on determinism, yet I still think we need concepts like responsibility for practical reasons.
0: I haven't seen Sam Harris's, but I, I assume he has the default position that most determinists have. I mean, so my understanding is there's basically three common positions. There's uh, free will people who are just like, there's free will. Uh, there's determinists who believe that there isn't free will, um, and they kind of stop their argument there. Like, there isn't free will. Stop talking about free will. And we do, we shouldn't even pretend like there's free will. There isn't free will, and that's that's what we need to do. But I think actually most determinists fall into the third category, which I think – I believe Sam Harris probably falls into, which is, uh, there is there is not technically free will, but we do better by – acting as if there is free will. So it doesn't matter that there's technically not free will. We need to pretend that there's free will anyway, because that's how we optimize our lives or whatever. That's how we behave best. Um, And I think the free will people either are religious, and that's their argument for free will. It comes from a religious argument. Or um, there's a a more complex argument about relating to free will from an atheist perspective, but it's not obvious because I think you, you have to get a little bit more detail into what causality is. Causality is applied to, to, to causality is generally what's applied to prove determinism, but there's like nuance in the, the definition of causality. And that's kind of where that gets broken apart. And you'd make an atheist argument for free will there. Um, I kind of don't care whether, this as much as I like philosophy, this is one of those things that I kind of don't care about because uh, if there's not free will, Sam Harris would be assuming it's Sam Harris, that position would still be correct, which is, well, we should act like there's free will because like if there's not free will, there's nothing to do. You just shut up and like curl up and die. There's no free will. Um, so you can't talk about it. You can't convince me of anything. We can't interact. We can't try and change the world. There's nothing to do if there's no free will. It's the defeatist attitude. So <clears throat> even if there wasn't free will. I would still want to behave as if there is free will. <clears throat> so I kind of don't care about that question too much. And I also think that most of the people that, are ma- uh, that put forward the determinist argument do so disingenuously. Um, they, they do it because they're trying to make some political commentary. They're trying, to make some, they're trying to use it to justify some political means, usually some kind of leftist thing. So, uh, But I don't know Sam Harris in particular. I assume he falls into that category, uh, the, the one where you Free will is a useful tool. Uh, okay. Tatiana, you want to do I'll tachana? be right back,
1: Carter. Oh, I'll do it. No, you All do right. it. I'll be right back.
0: Tatiana Fisk gives us two bucks and says, we need an unsafe space island to make our own. Yeah. You can, uh, if you need a wire uh, address for the billion dollars approximately that would need to buy one, Tatiana, let me know, and you can wire that money in and we'll buy an unsafe space island. All good. Uh, someday, maybe we will get a community together and uh, who knows, maybe we will end up somewhere together at least virtually, if not if not in real life. Okay, Sun King. Sun King gives us five bucks and says, I think the conflict between equity and diversity need to be pounced upon. Equity will kill all diversity except for skin tone. Yeah, when they mean diversity, they, they mean only the most superficial types of diversity, right? They don't mean actual diversity that matters. They mean only diversity that's superficial and meaningless. That's what they mean by diversity um as you know nemo sundry five bucks from nemo sundry says do either of you know what sgws mean when they criticize capitalism to me it seems like the bucket where i throw everything i hate i think that's i mean carrie might have a different opinion about this but i think that's largely true mm. i've said this before i don't like the word well i like the word capitalism i've kind of given up on trying to defend it as a word because it Uh, It was Michael Rechtenwald who pointed out to me that capitalism has historically, not only, but predominantly been used derogatorily. Um, And I think a lot of people – and it was someone else we spoke to, I think maybe David Wagner, Daniel Wagner, who was was explaining that a lot of times capitalism isn't used synonymously with free markets, which is kind of what I mean. A lot of people view capitalism as what I would call – the mixed economy, corporate oligarchy thing that we have going on. It's like this crony, this cronyism oligarchy thing that we have now. They view that as capitalism. And I don't think that's a, I think that's a mischaracterization intentionally by the elites, but I think for most people, it's not a, it's not an intentional mischaracterization. That's just what they think it is. That's what they've been told capitalism is. Uh, right? Capitalism is when Wall Street gets billions of dollars of bailouts from the government, which is like the opposite of capitalism, but that's what they think it is. So um, if that's what you think capitalism is, it's kind of easy to make it the bucket where you throw stuff that you hate because there is a lot wrong with this system and there are a lot of problems. And um, they, people that say that generally view the world in like, there's Marxism and capitalism or like Marxism and capitalism slash fascism. Even they'll they'll put those kind of together. It's like Marxism and non-Marxism and non-Marxism is all one big bucket. Um, So that's why they're doing that. I think Carrie, do you, did you see that question? Do you have a a more nuanced insider answer about why SJWs? I saw it,
1: but I like your answer.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. Next super chat. Next super chat is from, uh, Joseph Sorty. Joseph Sorty says "See, him? Sam Harris said Trump's worse than Hitler So much for a clear thinking individual Sounds to me Sounds more like severe TDS to me I did not see he said that I don't pay attention to Sam Harris I, I liked him when politics Wasn't in everything all the time Always I thought he was interesting But since I would say the last four years Since politics has infiltrated literally everything I don't listen to Sam Harris anymore
1: I had not heard that, but uh, I I like Sam Harris is someone I like. I like some of his ideas. I went to hear him speak in Austin once. That was interesting, but he's someone to go to. An earlier something we said earlier for whatever reason, I I don't like his voice, so Uh-oh. I prefer to read. I prefer to read what he has to say and the way he speaks. It. I don't know exactly. I can't put my finger on exactly,
0: but it. He's kind of boring. Like a, there's a boring quality to his voice. I like his voice. I, I kind of find it soothing, but there's definitely a low energy thing going on with Sam Harris.
1: I don't uh, know what it is, but, but it's interesting.
0: Yeah, I, he's he's an interesting guy. I'm not surprised that he says something like that. I think the the key thing to remember about Trump is he He's hated by elites like academic elites hate him, and Sam Harris is an academic elite like that's his that's his thing and they they hate Trump viscerally because uh he doesn't speak like they do, and he threatens the he threatens the cathedral so yeah why bother? why bother uh gives us five more euros and says gotta go and contribute to the wage gap by studying some math have fun. <laughs> Thank you. Why bother? Uh, Pirate Tomsky, arg. Pirate Tomsky says, uh, gives us five pounds. See, Carrie, the L, see the little L, that's the pounds.
1: Oh, got it. Five I'm pounds good. from Pirate Tomsky.
0: He says, you do need empathy. I know, I know, I'm in a mood. Uh, because yeah. you have to be open so that they have a path back to reason. Lack of empathy could make them think there is no way forward. Yeah, I get it. Um yes. And I don't disagree with that. Where Carrie and I differ is, I don't care about a path for some of these people. It's just not not that I like don't want them to have a path back, but I'm not focused on it. Uh, and Carrie, I think, is a little bit more focused on pulling more people out, and I'm more focused on waking people up who aren't already there to see to like everybody. What's going everybody on, right?
1: can't be focused on the same thing, right? So, right. anyway, but there's nothing wrong with that. But,
0: like that's just a different. But Carter
1: understands the importance of empathy.
0: I do. Even when, even though I'm in moods sometimes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Brendan McWalters. Thank you, Brendan. Gives us five bucks. He says, people who treat free will as if it's a light switch, either all or nothing, don't understand how basic chemistry works.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't. That's interesting. I I don't really know if that, when you talk about it simplistically, you talk about it in that way as a light switch, but I don't think anyone actually believes it's that simplistic i mean i think the conversations around free will are are really about is there fundamentally some point at which you have a free will that exerts control at some minute level in some way or is it all determined by chemicals like and and that's i think fundamentally it is a tiny tiny little bit of a light switch not not a constant light switch and not a light switch that is turned always on or always off but I think fundamentally that is the philosophical question is, is there a little, is, is, is fundamentally the building blocks of the human brain, are they dominoes or is there some other thing that is controlled that is free will? Now I would say my argument here would basically be just because we don't understand the process of free will doesn't mean that it's incompatible. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean it's incompatible with, uh, the the determinism of chemistry and that kind of stuff, like just because we don't understand how free will arises from a complex system doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, So I think maybe that's the nuance you're talking about. I'm not sure, but I I would agree with that.
1: Yeah.
0: Rock, rock lexicon. You want to do that one, Carrie?
1: Yeah. Rock lexicon. Thank you for the super chat says Biden supporters ride the struggle bus. Carrie rides the empathy train. Carter walks. Love you guys. Keep holding the line of the culture war. Carter walks. Yeah.
0: I walk. I don't know what that means, but I like it. I'll walk. You walk tall. I walk. <laughs> I go on a hike. <laughs> uh, Brendan McWalters.
1: Cool. <laughs> oh, we got another one? Okay. You do yep. it. I don't see it.
0: Uh, Brendan says, the non he gives us 10 bucks. Thank you, Brendan. And says, the non-woke academic left who refuse to vote for Trump, Pinker, Height, are cowards who are cutting the branch they're sitting on, Biden's education department is going to put them on a list. Yes, I do think, I don't know, I mean, you could say it's cowardly, I don't know the reason behind them not voting, so uh, I don't know those specific instances at all, so I I don't want to ascribe anything in particular to them, but I will say, and uh, I I will say that um, they, I think it's likely that they just can't get over themselves. Right. I mean, I think there's just a lot of people who have such distaste for him because he is. This is emotional. It's an emotional. Yeah, it's, it's emotional, guys. It is. I get it. I can. I see it because I, I have people I've seen people in my life like this. They have a visceral reaction to a guy who walks around like a bull in a china shop, uh, uses poor grammar, says things that are vague, is bombastic. Yeah. is kind of New Yorkish. Like they can't handle that. They can't. They can't bring themselves to I really, vote for someone like that.
1: I really think you're. I think you're right. I think it's emotional, and I, I think that uh, people have a, to varying degrees, people have a part of their identity wrapped up in their politics and how they think of themselves, and also um, because of how Trump has become this lightning rod and is has been used by the media for four years to gaslight us. And to provoke one reaction or the other, I think people have part of their identity wrapped up in how they their their reaction to him and how they view him. And so that was part of the reason, that you know, that I, re- I ended up writing the essay telling people, yeah, I just I finally decided I am voting for Trump as a liberal because I wanted liberals to see it. It, it doesn't change your identity and it it doesn't change your even it doesn't even have to change your philosophical but, beliefs or political beliefs because i'm still a liberal i just think that he is it's just you just it's kind of like opening your eyes to what the facts are on the table yeah he's the candidate who has the more liberal policies weird place that we're at yes but i think to deny that is is kind of yeah i think it might be an emotional thing
0: i think it's as you were saying that it's wrapped in your identity i was thinking that Um, the analogy that I would give is it's kind of like a romantic partner. So if you let's, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation. I have, and maybe it's a shameful thing to say, but whatever. Uh, I've, there's probably lots of shameful things in my life. I've already shared on the show in the last two years. So whatever. I've definitely been in the, um, in the situation where I've liked someone. Um, but she, but I was embarrassed of, her around my friends, and Ooh. that prevented me from really wanting to move forward with the relationship because <laughs> I liked her for whatever <laughs> reasons, but I was willing to overlook some stuff, whatever it was, and I knew my friends would be very judgmental about it, and like, and I didn't want to like. I mean, the relationship that I'm thinking of actually did not last, and there was good reason. I mean, it shouldn't last. I didn't miss out on anything, and I'm I'm happy. But like, there was definitely a part of me that was like, what. Well, I know, I know how, I know how people are going to react to this and I don't want to associate myself with this person too much. Cause I, I'm not those things. I don't, I see those bad things about her too, but I see other things that I I think outweigh them and they're not going to see those things. And it reflects poorly <laughs> on me. Like I, you know, I, I mean, this is, you know, in your early twenties, you make a lot of, you have a lot of weirdness going on in your head sometimes, or right? In your,
1: or in your late thirties as I did.
0: Or maybe. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <for sure. laughs> right. So, uh, I think it's kind of like that where if you're an academic you view yourself as very intelligent, very articulate, um right you're erudite, you're learned, you are very sophisticated. And someone's like, "Hey, there's a big buffoon clown over here who's who's actually the best candidate." And you're like, "Well, I I people can't see me date the big buffoon clown. I can't do that." Like I all I can do is publicly say he's a big buffoon clown and point at him because <laughs> Otherwise, everyone will think I'm a big buffoon clown, like I can't do that, right? Um, and I don't think Trump is a big buffoon clown, but that's how he comes across to a lot of people, and that's how they view him. And so I think it's, uh, they feel dirty by doing anything other than condemning him makes them feel dirty. And there's, so there's no way they're going to vote for him, <laughs> even if he agreed with all of their policies, they couldn't do it.
1: I What's just have to say, on? the people in the chat are cracking me up. What? Starless said... Uh... In other words, she was stacked.
2: <laughs>
1: and, yeah. and then and then Nanya Biz said, uh, Wow, I'm not the only one that dated a stripper.
0: <laughs> she had qualities that I can't <laughs> I can't explain to people. She, no.
1: <laughs> she had other qualities that they couldn't see. <laughs> hey, I I as you were talking I'm was, old,
0: I've got a, I've gotten a lot of a lot of bad decisions in my life. Let's just move on. <laughs> <laughs> sorry
1: i was laughing because i was seeing myself in what you were saying too I know, because i've actually <laughs> i at first i was thinking oh at least i've never done that and i was like oh wait a minute yeah yeah the yeah the toxic relationship." i was totally embarrassed around certain people
0: <laughs> oh, oh, Z- zato says huge tracts of land i love i love that whole scene from that much python, <sighs> yeah <laughs> sorry did I interrupt you were you gonna go somewhere without,
1: you know? no I just thought okay. that was a funny comparison You're right I think they're embarrassed they're embarrassed but somebody said that's why voting's private yeah I, I guess And I, mm. I actually know people yeah I met people um after I started the, down this path this, this journey I've been on the past four years and I started to meet Trump voters and stuff and I've met people who have public facing careers um so the public knows who they are whatever they they have a twitter and all that stuff who voted for trump in 2016 who confessed that to me and kept it a secret and everyone thinks they voted Clinton. it's
0: still a secret even now yeah
1: for some wow. for some of them yeah
0: wow.
1: so i wonder how many people how many of these people who are publicly saying i can't do it you know and uh how many of them are possibly secretly going to vote for him anyway
0: Well, I I mean, look, if you voted in 2016 for Trump and you haven't said anything, you're going to vote for him again, because all that you've seen is if you've just gotten more scared to say anything about it, I can't imagine that that hasn't the the other side hasn't endeared themselves to you. They haven't said, tell me, why do people vote for Trump? Join us. We'll explain to you that was just like, oh, only Nazis and racists. Right. Right.
1: Well, to be clear, I'm talking about I'm not when i i i'm now talking about people who did not vote for him in 2016 oh, some oh, of okay. the people like <clears throat> sam harris or whoever who've come out and said they 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 can't do it although they uh, they agree with the problem of this ideal social justice ideology that they can't, can't, vote, can't for vote for trump i wonder how many of them are going to be like some of those people mm-hmm. i know who secretly did right you know
0: they'll date the stripper just, in in secret
1: right despite whatever they say publicly <laughs> right. i just i'm yeah. curious
0: <laughs> maybe maybe I, d- I didn't date a stripper, by the way, Chad. I saw people saying that. Okay. Um, <laughs> that I know of. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, who knows? Uh, all right. Let's do some more Super, super Chats. Uh, Mr. Biggles gives us 200 czar, which sounds very impressive. Maybe it's very impressive. I don't know. Thank you, Mr. Biggles. Uh, says, sending Musa, which is lots and lots of love from South Africa to all the U.S. wrong thinkers here uh, feeling for you all there with this hectic election intensity. Stay safe, stay strong, stay decent. All the best. Well, thank you, Mr. Biggles. Uh, I love that. Thank you.
1: I think anyone who
0: is, feels bad for us and is in South Africa right now, that's, there's a lot of empathy in your heart, Mr. Biggles, because uh, I know South Africa is, let's say, not the least chaotic time in the history of South Africa right now. So, uh, all right. Thank you. Biz says, uh, we need less empathy. A phrase and book I recently came upon is pathological altruism. I've heard that phrase before, but I don't know the book. Um, but I am familiar with the phrase. I like the phrase. Uh, that is what we suffer from. Always thinking we are doing good regardless of the bad outcomes. Yeah, I, I do think pathological altruism is a beautiful phrase. And uh, yeah, I, I'll, I, think I've, I think I've heard of the book, but I have not read the book. And maybe it's just a phrase I know of. Okay.
1: Bilbo. Bilbo gives us 100 check units and says, <laughs> Sam Harris even made the argument that free will does not even make sense from the subjective point of view. If you meditate on sense of self, you will discover it's not there, just consciousness and flow of its contents.
0: Yeah. When anyone says if you meditate on something, you'll discover blank. I, Unless they're like, you'll discover that you're more relaxed or they say something concrete that you might actually discover. But if they, they tell me I'm going to discover truths of the universe by meditation, I tend to discount a little bit of what they're saying. Sam Harris, I, although I like him, uh, I know he's big into meditation and LSD and like self-discovery from that perspective. And I do think that self-discovery is important, but I think it's self-discovery. You're not discovering truths about the universe when you meditate. Uh, You might be discovering something about yourself, but (laughs) Yeah, I don't that's not an argument. I I guess is my point
1: (laughs) Okay, I Uh, know I think we're caught up, but I just want to read this before we move ahead. This is not a super chat It's just a a chat that I happen to see at the the end here Mm -hmm. by Sun King who says It would be within the irony of God's humor to give us a man with qualities that were hard to look past as a test of our forgiveness and judgment I love that. Thank you for saying that because you you made me think of um, something I've been thinking about recently is the the verse in the Bible about how um, God chooses the weak to shame the strong and God chooses the foolish to shame the wise. Mm. And it's part of a, 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 a bigger verse. But in thinking about that, it helped me to better understand someone like someone that I think I personally think I could be wrong. I think God is using um, people like Kanye West and, he, and Trump. I think God is using Carter. You well, said she Carter's a tool.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. a tool.
1: I think God is using <laughs> Carter. But um, but someone, specifically someone that we consider foolish, right? Like Trump yeah. or even maybe like Kanye West. And then it also makes me think of, if you guys haven't seen it, the movie Amadeus, which is a fictionalized account of Mozart meeting Solieri, and there's this really have you seen this movie Carter no
2: no.
1: oh my gosh you would love it so Solieri is this very exact it as portrayed in the film is this very exacting character and he tries to bargain with God he basically prays from a young age you know if you will make me a famous composer and give me this talent then I will live the most chaste life and I swear off you know, women and all this stuff. So he's this very severe, um, austere character.
0: But if you don't,
1: but if you don't, yeah. (laughs) So then we find out what happens. Yeah. Because he meets Mozart and Mozart is portrayed as this just completely foolish, foppish character. Who's got this crazy giggle and is always philandering, fooling around with women and just this ridiculous childlike character. But as Salieri says, when he plays music his compositions are like hearing the voice of god and mm-hmm. so solieri becomes enraged and hateful and starts to despise god because god didn't do what he wanted right mm-hmm. and he and he asks like it's it's almost the movie is interesting that part of the movie is very interesting to me cuz he's so wrathful and angry and it's like why would god give this beautiful gift to this foolish character, and he calls him. Solieri calls him an obscene child. <laughs> why would he? Why would he do that and not give it to Salieri? What What kind of lessons are he trying to teach Salieri in the film? Right, it's so fascinating. I think it's about that verse. I think it's about that verse. Like your your pride, it, it's about keeping. It, it's about. Um, it, it, I think the end of the verse says, "So that no man will boast in the presence of God." It's about a lesson in pride, and so i' I don't know where I'm going with that other than I've been thinking about it recently, and I appreciated that comment because it makes me think of that again, but yeah. yeah, I know some Christians who are um especially in these churches that have been infected by social justice marxism, they try and say it's the unchristian thing to do is to vote for trump that's un- that's not Christian. How can you vote for a man who? does this and tweets this and makes these jokes and does that and I'm, i i don't really understand that i'm like i don't So think you've you're only been reading voted the same
0: really righteous Christian candidates your entire life.
1: <laughs> exactly. Who First of that? all what world <laughs> what world yeah. are you living in? And secondly, i don't think you and i have the same version of the bible. <laughs> like i don't think you've read that verse for starters. But anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah, i that, that's the other thing. It's this is the thing that i actually really despise about this is um Politicians have historically been horrible. Like there's lots of horrible, horrible people doing horrible things, but they have a veneer of legitimacy. And it's, it's weird because I, I, I think people like Sam Harris, for example, would prefer to vote for someone with a, a veneer of legitimacy who's just as corrupt or more corrupt and evil underneath than Trump who just wears his warts on his sleeve and is like, yep, that's me. Um and that is uh that says a lot about the psychology of the people with TDS who refuse to 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 consider him, right? That they would mm-hmm. rather have someone who's worse but dressed up nicely.
1: Yeah. It's all about appearances.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which in a way it makes them it makes them like the kind of Christians that like Solieri is portrayed as, and yes, Evan and Chat says that this is fictionalized. It is fictionalized, it, 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 much like yeah, um, the Borgias, is based on real characters, but it's a it's a drama. Um, but yeah, it, it makes them like that that kind of Christian who's all about outward appearances and all about trying to bargain with God, and you know the Pharisees who stand on the street corners so they can be seen praying, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, I think the Pharisees in the Bible, the verses that talk about beware, you know, beware of those who, who stand on street corners and pray loudly so that they might be seen praying. I was like, Oh wow. The Bible again, Bible coming through with some wisdom that I should have read a long time ago. It's, this is a verse about the OG virtue signaler. This is the old school. This is the old school virtue signaler. Look at me. (laughs) Being virtuous. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's do one super chat because there's one more and then we can talk about some other stuff bilbo says uh gives us 50 of the check units as you call them uh and Czech says units. i can't imagine carrie as an sjw she always seems so happy and cheerful
1: oh thanks i
0: agree but you yeah. should see some pictures of her as an sjw you almost don't look you look older as in like I back then than. you look older than you are now don't i yeah yes yeah you don't look happy Um, and you look older. Yeah. So
1: I was different. I was different for sure. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Um, Um, Sun King says, uh, in Dante's Inferno, the envious had their eyes sewn shut with wire for they could not see the goodness in life that they had possessed. Oh, wow. Mm. I haven't read Dante's Inferno in a long, I don't remember.
1: We should put that on the book club list. Oh my goodness.
0: Yeah. That would be a good book club. Uh, 2 a self-defense law says politicians are not our moral compass. Government should not be anyone's anybody's church. Hey, I yes. totally agree. Uh, government, should, but but this is what happens when you get rid of moral any other path towards morality. It defaults many for many people. It defaults to what's moral is what's legal, and that makes controlling the laws extremely important because they feel like they're controlling the moral rules as well. Um, so. Uh, Oh, one more before we move. Uh, Pirate Tomsky. Pirate Tomsky says, The bombacity of Trump turned me off from him, but the more I look at him now as a person, the more I find that quality of him hilarious and decent. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. He, he It's an initial turn off, but if you put it aside and you look, I think a lot of it's funny. And I think some of it might be... Um, I think some of it's intentional. I think he knows that he's a caricature and he's playing a role sometimes. And it's just like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Cause it's funny to be me and do the things I do. And like, uh, you know, I think, I think a large part of him is just trolling the mainstream media. So, yeah. Um, uh, one more. So every, every time I say there's one more, another one pops up. This one's from to a self defense law again, it says, uh, Politicians are like brown trout in a toilet bowl. We choose the ones that float to the top. Thank you for that analogy. <laughs> and by thank you, I mean not thank you for that analogy.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't quite get it, but okay.
0: Um Uh <clears throat> Carrie, can we talk really yeah. quickly? I know we talked um I know we talked to David uh Reboy earlier and if you haven't seen that show it aired right before coffee break about antifa and um and the election and that kind of stuff but i just want to share i just i put this date behind me to remind me to just share it with people so that they're aware the so antifa not just antifa we'll just say the left generally the left generally has been prepping for this they're going to protest no matter what they've they've been prepping for for everything around the election they know that they're, so their key window. Now, it doesn't mean they'll stop protesting after this date, but they're they're between November third and December fourteenth. December fourteenth is the day that the electoral college meets. So, what their one of their big concerns is that, um, and this is just according to their their documents. One of their biggest concerns is the quote: they, they live in this this. They're watching a different movie, right? So keep that in mind. For them, the movie is Trump is a tyrant. Trump is going to steal the election. He's going to steal the election partly by trying to stop counting of legitimate ballots that that are mail-in ballots that happen. Uh, some, some states don't allow counting to start until after Election Day, so they've got time after tomorrow to start counting ballots, and those ballots likely skew Democrat, and Trump is going to interrupt that process somehow they even believe with federal agents like stealing – like they believe that all this stuff is going to happen and that they believe that they have to protect ballots and protect the process because Trump is going to announce victory prematurely and he and and he's not going to allow ballots to get counted. So by the time that December 14th rolls around, the Electoral College will not have counted all the – they won't have all the ballots counted and they'll have right. to make a decision. So um, I just want people to be kind of aware of that date as like – I think we're going to see sustained continuous protests for at least up until that date. I'm not 100% sure, but I just – can I point to a couple docs for people to read that we can put up on our website if you want, or we can just put links to the original ones. Um, These docs are – here, let me – just in case you're interested in this stuff, because a lot of people don't understand how well organized um, these groups are. This is – this first doc here – I'll scroll up. First doc is called "Stopping the Coup: The Disruption Guide for 2020." This is being, this is going around um, in leftist organizations. This is a screenshot. This is a capture in time of it. It's actually in a Google Doc being edited normally, but this is a PDF version, so it can be updated. But uh, you know, they go through strategy here. They've got a, they, there's a, there's a lot in this document. Of course, it's mostly couched in terms of we're not trying to make sure Biden gets in. We just want to protect the election, and we're not trying to do anything nefarious, but we need secure communications protocols, and we might have to fight the police in some way. Um, and then they link this document actually also then links to another document um, for dealing with physical threats. They've got actually some of that's really good information for how to deal with um, threats in crowds, uh, how, to, how to deal with pepper spray. Um when violence happens, things to do. I mean, this they're pretty extensive. Some of the stuff is clearly they've had people who know what they're talking about. I mean, look, they're talking about SALT and the OODA loops. Like, this is there's some actual expertise that's in this. Um, talking about how to deal with different threats and different scenarios. So they are they're pretty prepared for this stuff. This document is called Stopping the Coup uh dealing with threats. Um so I, I just I'm not I'm not like super paranoid about anything in particular happening to me. But if you live in a major city, I do think you yes. may want to be aware that they are no matter what happens tomorrow, they are going to protest. They're gonna peaceful protest. Uh, <laughs> and so, peaceful yeah, protest. Take take that. Yeah that means whatever you think it might mean. They're gonna peaceful protest and um yeah. and they are extremely well organized and and if it does look like it's going in the trump direction uh yeah this is it's not going to be quick and easy so yeah i just want people to be aware of it that's all there's nothing actionable there i don't really want to talk about it too much but i don't know
1: okay let's do because we only have Well, we're already at an hour and a half. And I do want to talk about this Trump caravan because it was everywhere.
0: Well, we can talk. The only thing I want to talk about and I want to mention really briefly is the New Zealand quarantine camps drama. But that can be at the end. I don't care when that is. And it's fast. No,
1: do that first. Do that.
0: You want to do that first? OK. This is just a reminder to me that it's easy to get caught up in misinformation from both sides. So floating around the internet, this happened. I, I we could have talked about it on Friday because it happened mid last week, I think. But uh, Laura Ingram on Fox did this thing, did a special about how horrible um, uh, Jacinda, what's her name, Ard, Ardrin? Ardrin Ardern. I forget her last name. Um, uh, the the head of New Zealand is is how horrible she is and what she's doing with in response to COVID, and she played a clip of actually a facebook video that jacinda put out in june um and laura ingram said look they are new zealand is instituting quarantine camps for covid people and she quotes she shows a, a clip of jacinda saying uh well if you don't test you can't leave the camp so they have an incentive to get tested because they have to stay if until they get tested so we are forced them to stay and blah 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 um and everyone is up in arms about this. Not everyone, but a lot of people on the right were up in arms and saying, see, they have quarantine camps and blah, blah, blah. And I, look, I don't agree with, I don't agree with draconian responses to COVID. You, you know that. But a lot of people are, don't have the same opinion I do about it. And I, I think it's important to not spread misinformation. So I just want to clarify what's been going on in New Zealand. Yes, they've been one of the most stringent countries. They have been. What she was talking about is their border isolation. So when you fly into New Zealand, you can't get in the country until you go through a quarantine process. Uh, Now, she bragged this is the most strict in the world because we mandate tests. I don't think it is the most strict in the world uh, because China does the exact same thing and they do more than just two tests. She said, we do two tests. Uh, But you go through quarantine and and if you're a citizen and you come home to New Zealand. You've gotta stay in what they call managed isolation, which is a quarantine camp, but it's a hotel. Uh, And you have to get tested in order to to get back into the population, basically. Um, Do I agree with it? No. Is it the quarantine camps that Laura Ingram implied that it is? Are they running around the streets of New Zealand testing people and throwing them into quarantine camps? And no, that's not happening. Uh, so I just, to me, it was just a reminder that, you know, we get so used to stuff on the left being misinformation and I get so used to dismissing people on the left whenever they say, well, Fox News said it, blah, 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 blah. There is a legitimate argument to be made that Fox News is full of crap sometimes. And this is an example where Laura Ingram is full of crap. She was full of crap. She made this up. It is absolutely misinformation. She she connected dots where they don't need to be connected. She totally um she totally misled you with respect to what Jacinta was talking about um, and and what the and the nature of what was happening on. And then she did some scare stuff about then they're gonna use thermal image cameras made by the same company that makes cameras in China for, you know, their their re-education camps for the Uyghurs. Like oh, okay, so they bought thermal imaging cameras. It's not outrageous that thermal imaging cameras are made in China. They're in a piece of electronic equipment. Everything is made in China. So um, oh, okay, but I just, as much as I'm on the side of keep the government out of this crap, I also don't think passing around misinformation is a good idea, and I think it's important to know when no. your your side is full of crap, and this is one of those times. When if you're a Laura Ingram fan, she's full of crap on this story. She's full of crap. That's all. Uh, by the way, I did find wh- okay. I did find it weird. The response of a lot of New Zealanders were like, she's got a bizarre take on what we're doing. And they started mocking her like, yes, it's so bad. I, you know, I had I ordered martinis and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's my camp, my concentration camp. My quarantine camp is so bad that blah, blah, blah. It is interesting to me how like happy the sheep are as long as the. Hey, the cell has got lots of amenities. Like pff, yeah. oh, we're fine with it. Like I, I do find that alcohol. reaction a little bit strange, yeah. but she did, she is full of crap about what was going on. And, and I think it's important. That's okay. All, that's all I want to say. Thank about. you.
1: So speaking of people that are full of crap,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I heard about this, uh, Trump train thing, how there was a caravan of cars with Trump flags. And I've actually seen it go through Austin a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, And and I guess this is a thing Trump people have done in other cities as well. And Mm -hmm. so anyway, this was this took place here in Texas between San San Antonio and Austin. They said that this line of cars with Trump flags overtook and were were overtook attacking. They used the word overtook. And I saw some media outlet use the word. um, Gosh, what was the word? Uh, I saw ambushed, oh, ambushed, saw ambush. Wow! ambushed, like they were sitting and waiting, waiting for the bus. Right. And that and that they did damage to this car. And I, you know, and then you see mainstream media pushing this narrative. And immediately I was skeptical because, um, well, first of all, it's the mainstream media. It's the legacy media. So, like you said, I reflexively these days just I want to know the real story because I know the story you're trying to get me to believe, Let me see the source material. Let me watch the video. So I watched the video, and guess what? That car that they were talking about that got damaged, that car moved in to the Trump truck's lane. That's why it got damaged. Yeah. Car. The person driving that car is the one who did the wrong thing. And
0: wait, can I I read a quote for you? Can I read a quote for you, Terry? Yeah. Yeah. Here's a quote. This is from the police, the San Marcos Police Department, who investigated that. The at-fault vehicle may be the white SUV. That's the one, that's the Biden person. Yeah, that's the And Biden the victim person. appears to be the black truck, the Trump person. Yes. <laughs> A statement from the SMPD reads: Calls to the driver of the White SUV have gone unanswered. <laughs> and they've been not but have yeah. not been contacted by the black truck. So, yeah, totally.
1: So they went online and they tried to compare this to Hitler and all these blue <laughs> check marks and journalists and these people who we're supposed to take for the, you know, at their word and who people are supposed to, we're, we're supposed to consider these people to be credible. And they're comparing this to the third Reich and saying, this is what happens. And this is what happened in Hitler's country. And, you know, they, they ambushed this bus. And first of all, they, um, it made me think of when I was a kid. Okay. I'm from South Carolina and it's a big rivalry between Clemson and Carolina. And, everyone used to get their cars, maybe they still do, would deck their cars out. So we would have Clemson flags flying on each side. My dad would have, and a lot of cars would have these tiger tails coming out the trunk. You know, the kids are all dressed up like tigers. You, And if you saw Carolina cars or flags, you know, you'd be like, burr, 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 you know, and, and you'd just be giving each other crap. Right. It, I guarantee you this, this made me think of my first thought was, oh, it sounds like It sounds like a sports team rivalry, like one team is driving down the road with their flags and they see a bus full of the the opposing team. Of course, they're going to surround them and be like, you know, kind of make fun of them and then move on. Right. That's all that was happening. I guarantee you.
0: Oh, Until
1: this white car tried to move in.
0: Right. The Biden staffer. uh, Yeah. Tried to sideswipe someone. Yeah. And then and then tried (laughs) to pass it off as I got attacked by the Trump supporters.
1: I got attacked by the... And, but the thing is, the people on the left... Yeah, Chavez Chavez makes this point in chat. He says, Yahoo used the words ambush and cavalry. They called it like a Trump cavalry. And the, the people on the left who are still stuck in that amb- echo chamber, they swallow this hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. And those people, I can tell you with my own eyes, I've seen those people truly believe that there's some crazed... Trump cavalry. They were calling these people the proud. This is the same people who tried to kidnap the governor in, in Michigan. It's like, what? That was a specific militia. And they, they hated Trump, too. They said they wanted to hang Trump. What are you talking about? They're like, this is the proud boys. They were ambushing. They were a cavalry waiting. And what are you reading that makes you think this? Like, we've well, yeah. gone down this crazy place. My,
0: my where... immediate reaction to this, Gary, was like, <laughs> how pathetic are you, Biden? They canceled <laughs> events because some people drove around with Trump flags near you, do you know what it's like to be on the other side and have the radical left harassing you at every event constantly? You have to worry about at your actual physical safety going actual. to a Trump event when the left is yes. involved. And you guys are afraid of some guys in cars driving close to you on the freeway waving their flags? It's pathetic. It's pathetic yeah. and it's such a it's such an example of an, a complete projection and inversion.
1: Projection is what they do. total projection. Yes. Like and, the, uh, look, the team that ambushes
0: I, and hurts people is like, look, we're being ambushed because there's a guy near us.
1: And you're the people who do that. And that, again, maybe this is going to wake some people up because there are definitely those who are still stuck in the echo chamber. But there are others who I think are starting slowly with each incredible thing that they try to get us to believe. They're starting to wake up. And as you know... Carter, that was one of the things that started to wake me up was that I went down this rabbit hole of videos of Trump supporters being attacked by people presumably on my side. And until right. I saw those videos, I had bought – I can't remember which, which publication it was, but it was, there was some legacy media publication that really made the rounds um, during the 2016 election season. And I think I like retweeted it and posted it. I'm like, look at this. Look at the violence. Look at the Trump supporters. I bought the narrative that it was the Trump people who were violent.
2: Yeah, but I had course. never
1: actually seen evidence of it. I had never seen it with my own eyes the way that I saw with my own eyes people on the left attacking Trump people. Right. Um, but they do. They sell the exact opposite narrative. They sell it. And um, – oh, yeah. OK. So look at this in the chat. Uh-huh. Chavez says, a friend of mine compared it to Maduro's Venezuela.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> what? Well, look at the super chat from Piratomsky. He He gives us five pounds and says – did you see the image on Twitter today with a Trump car rally being compared to an ISIS car rally saying spot the difference?
1: <laughs> yes, and actually I did see that. And that, again, you're delusional and there's something wrong inside of you. There was a there was a blue checkmark woman. I ISIS saw also saying, drives I cars. Well, I saw a blue check mark saying I don't see any difference between these two pictures. It's like you are a liar. Or something is really wrong inside of you. And Yasmin Mohammed was quick to point out, yeah, here's a one big difference: is the people in the ISIS cars kill gay people and throw them off buildings. So, you know, and the other people in the other cars are perfectly fine with rainbow flags being flown, and some of them are probably gay driving those cars. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't that, that's just one difference. How many differences can you spot? There are many. And and to pretend like there's a you're li- you're delusional or you're either knowingly lying or you're so brainwashed. Either way, you're pushing lies.
0: I, I feel like you know? they have to be knowingly lying because this is a consistent tactic. <gasps> what they do is they take a superficial thing that's irrelevant and they relate it to some superficial thing of the bad guys. So they'll be like, they'll, they'll literally do things like, well, these Trump supporters drove cars. Hitler supporters drove cars. Therefore, they're the same. And it's like, well, wait a minute. That's not a unique thing. That's not That's not the essential characteristic of each of those groups. Why is that the thing you're comparing? They do that all the time. They do it all the time. So I, it's hard for me to believe it's not dishonest, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's stupid, not not dishonest. I don't know. Uh-oh, you're going to go yell at the mailman?
1: I got to get Tiger. He's not stopping. to get
0: Tiger. That's fine. Go get Tiger. We'll deal for a moment. Let's see. Uh, oh, you know what? Now's a good time to mention. I think it was also Pirate Tomsky that said this in chat and asked me if I am ready for my annual V for Vendetta viewing. I am not totally ready, but I know it's coming. It's coming on Thursday, and uh, I do intend to do my, my V for Vendetta viewing every year on November 4th so that right at the right moment in the movie, it becomes November 5th, and you go to bed right after midnight. So, I don't know. There's okay. a tradition. <laughs> Hitler was That's a vegetarian, Andrew that. Joyner says. Yeah. Yeah. Hitler was a vegetarian. So <laughs> just like vegetarians.
1: <sighs> I'm sorry for – Azur says tiger hurt his eardrum. I'm sorry. I thought I muted it early, but I didn't. Um, well, thank you guys for joining us. you think we should wrap up, dude?
0: I think so. I don't, I don't have much else to say other than I was shocked at how – Honestly, more than the misreporting of this Biden thing, I was shocked at how wimpy the Biden campaign was, that they were like, we have to cancel our event. That just blew my mind. I'm like, I don't... If Trump canceled events because there was people near you with flags you didn't like, that, like, he would never have any events.
1: You know why they really canceled the event? Have you seen any pictures of the Biden-Harris events? There's like 10 people there. right. I'm not not exaggerating. I have seen, yeah. there... They're trying to say it's because of COVID and they're painting these sad circles on the ground where each person stands alone <laughs> six feet away from the next there person. There would have been millions really at think, this event,
0: but we had to cancel yeah. because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think it's just a reason. Anyway. I, I think you're right. Let's uh, do the last
0: couple super chats before we head okay. out. Uh, Bilbo gives us 50 check units and says Love Yasmin Muhammad recently recommended her book Unveiled. Uh, she had to self publish it. People are still scared. Of people criticizing Islam. Yes, we had her on at some point. There's an interview with Yasmin somewhere on our channel. Um, Joseph Sorty. And we talked about
1: we want okay. to do her book for book club at some point. That is on our long list. So it is on we'll our list, I know. believe.
0: Yeah. And if it's not, Beverly is listening and she'll put it on the list today. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Sorti, Uh I think the last one here is from Joseph Sorty. He says, Hitler went to art school. So, yeah, good point. Hitler. Hitler went to art school. Oh. <laughs> Someone says election prediction. Pyar Tomsky says election prediction. Go ahead, Carrie. You make an election prediction.
1: I mean, Carter and I are terrible with predictions, yeah, I've so I don't every even time. want to do one. I mean, I really, I, I really think I said this to Carter, and it, it, it's going to be a meaningless statement because of the first sentence I'm going to say. If there was no election interference and we could trust that this was a fair election, I think Trump would win, organically win with a with a much higher margin than he did last time. That's just my gut based on. I cried the night he won, but I'm voting for him now. I know several progressives and liberals voting for him. I hear from them every day. I've, I'm hearing from friends who are saying, you know, I just voted for him. I feel weird, first time voting for a Republican, but I did. So I just I know that I know that by the nature of what Carter and I do, I'm I'm probably my perspective is skewed because I'm more likely to meet people like me, liberals and progressives who are voting for him, but at the same time. My gut tells me it's bigger than that. It's that it's not just my um that it's not just my experience by the nature of what I do, that it's a larger trend. So I think he I think Trump would win if there's no interference. My fear is that they are going to take it at all costs. Like they said, by all means necessary, Hillary Clinton has told Biden not to concede under any circumstances. That terrifies me. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what the official outcome's gonna be.
0: But I don't disagree with anything you said. I' I've, like yeah. I, I think he would win, but but for all of the shenanigans. And those shenanigans aren't just actual election interference. it is that social media uh, and big tech have pulled out all the stops to really influence voting. So you might yeah. have you might have a lot you, it might look like an organic win for Biden, but I won't believe that it's actually organic. I mean but it's not. we know that it's they're doing this stuff right? So
1: we've seen Robert Epstein's testimony and if you guys haven't watched it yet, go find it on YouTube Robert Epstein it, he voted for Hillary Clinton. He he was public he's he's a democrat, and yeah. publicly supportive of Clinton, yet he testified before Congress that based on his studies, Google and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and all big social Was They were able, through their algorithms and through what they choose to show us in search results and the things they choose to censor and and down-throttle, that they were able to sway the outcome of the election by – what did he say? How many millions of votes? I thought it was
0: 10.2 million, but I could be wrong. It might have been 6 point something because there was two different numbers. I think it was 6 million. Yeah. And he said in 2020, 2020,
1: 2020, they're going to pull out all the stops. It's going to be a lot more votes that they sway. Yep. And that's what they've done. We've seen what he said come true. Yeah. That's why the that's why this is a much larger issue than whoever wins this election. You know, they've yep. they are manipu- mass manipulating the American people. Yep. And no matter who wins tomorrow, we we have to deal with this. We have to stop this. Like we have to stop this, this, this propaganda, this mass manipulation, this censorship that, that we're allowing, this tyranny of big social and legacy media because it's hurting people. Look at you know all those videos that make the rounds that people like to laugh at of all the leftists screaming and looking crazy. I laugh at those too, but at the same time they make me sad because they're causing mental illness in people. They're making people crazy. Yeah. They're making people crazy.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a long, it's a long, it's a, that's a difficult problem. There uh Tristan, what's his name, just did an interview on Joe Rogan recently. The guy from the social dilemma. Um I forget his last name, but the ex-Google ethics dude. Um which is a pretty decent my friend was telling me about. It, it was sounds like a pretty decent Joe Rogan interview. Um But yeah, I mean, I don't I, I, That's a long that's a long haul. That's changing behavior. I mean, the best way to give to get rid of their influence is to change our behavior and to change the behavior of our kids um so that people aren't uh aren't relying on on big tech for their information yeah but that's a okay we got one more uh-huh. super uh-huh. chat okay, before okay, we okay. say
1: goodbye to a um who is that
0: well first of all cheeky, mayor, law. cheeky mayor says oh, okay. i thought the cheese stands alone thank you cheeky mayor
1: oh the cheese stands alone <laughs> i get it <laughs> uh
0: and then two a self-defense law now you want to read that one
1: yeah, he says this is my voting history: Ross Perot, Jesse Ventura, Arnold Schwarzenegger for governor, Donald Trump for president. Not once, but twice. I must be nuts, but it's a good kind of nuts. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, you know what? I took it really hard when Arnold Schwarzenegger won. Uh, you would probably laugh to know that I was I was on the road with a comedian at the time that I worked with, and uh, I remember exactly where I was when I heard that Schwarzenegger won, and I took it really hard. I cried that night too.
0: <laughs> Seriously. He's like <laughs> – Schwarzenegger's, Schwarzenegger's politics are the opposite of his physique. He, they're like – he's like the – he's like a pathetic have, wet noodle po- politician. He has you have
1: no – You have to understand, Carter. They've been running this on the left. They've been running this whole the right is evil. Anyone on the right is evil. Anyone on the – <laughs> They've been running it for a while, and certain people like me—I was an early adoptee of this—and and, and I, I believed, and and because it was my home state at the time, I lived in California. It really, really hurt me because I thought, "Wow, this state is just voted for evil," and I thought we were a blue state, and I was I was so <laughs> bothered by it. Um, you know, yeah. I was a different person though.
0: Well. Anyway. Kiss One super more, keep coming. Hold on, yeah, B Allen. Thank you, B
1: Allen. B Allen says, "Smith Laren, twenty twenty four, Tiger for Postmaster General."
0: <laughs> you know, yes. I was I was talking to Mikey last night. I I am not. I told him because we were talking about running for stuff. I never want to. I never want an office, but I am happy to. I am happy to to help Carrie run or Mikey run behind the scenes. I want to be behind the scenes. I don't want to be. I don't want to be in, in that position i don't i don't want to do that i
1: don't ever i don't want to run but we'll,
0: so, we'll support people who do we,
1: okay we'll talk carry it. thank you guys
0: wait wait let freedom ring america gives us uh, five bucks and says hi all just want to remind people to vote and leftists still suck well on that <laughs> note <laughs> on that, that note of love and inclusivity we end the show <laughs> thank you i agree though leftists do suck um
1: Hasta la yeah. vista, baby Zero have, says
0: have a, yeah. have a good election have a good you election you know try not to try not to make it all about you know make your life all about the election tomorrow cuz uh in the yeah. end oh, it doesn't matter that much
1: Smoky Smoky over the line says i'm getting texts every day from democrats and move on i supported bernie in 2016 i suspect he sold my info yeah me too i'm, I'm getting them daily yeah. now yeah. only from the left i haven't gotten any from the right i like replying to them It's kind of fun. Um, If you missed it at the beginning, we said Mm. uh, we have Book Club coming up on November 22nd. We're currently reading The Management of Savagery. You can go to unsafespace.com to Book Club to find Mm -hmm. out more info. Um, If you want to support us, you can go to unsafespace.com to the donate page, and it gives you lots of different ways to donate. If you subscribe at the $25 level or above, you get one of our mugs. That's got – it's a grenade and it's got a little grenade pen. I'm very proud of this mug. It's uh, a great mug. And then if you are looking for people to hang out with tomorrow night during the madness, I'm going to be on Timcast IRL, uh, Tim, Ca- Tim Pool show with a bunch of interesting people. That should be fun. Jack Murphy, um, Cassandra Fairbanks, Lauren Chen, Lydia, of course, and and I, I forget. There's a whole list of people, but uh, check that out on his show.
0: Yeah, we'll tweet out so worry, it out. And don't worry.
1: Everything's – Everything's going to be fine guys. It's going to be fine.
0: Yeah. Well keep your ammo dry. All right. We'll see you uh, (laughs) See you later guys. (laughs) Have a good one (laughs) Thanks for watching See you there.
2: Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Please keep socially distant from these individuals. I have calculated a 94.9% chance of contamination with dangerous intellectual contagions. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't think about it, I mean, that's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. The deep state thanks you for your participation in the election farce. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.